Oh, yeah. Come on, boys. Play me something worth sipping to. Here we go now. All right. Welcome to American Whiskey, where we talk about two of my favorite things, America and whiskey. So grab a glass, grab some ice, drink it neat, drink it however the hell you want. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about where the hell this country's headed. Get that donkey the fuck out of here. Cheers. Welcome back to American Whiskey. As always, I am the one and only Big Sturge, um, and I'm here, and I am drinking, uh, as always, and I actually fired the pipe up, and as always, we got Dildo in the studio. How's it going? Uh, he's always here, and he's always vibrating, so we ca- we like to call Dildo <laughs> Dildo, and you guys remember Jake, our big curly-headed Alabamian down south. But Dylan, this is your friend here. Introduce who we got tonight. So this is Austin here. Um, as I like to tell people, he's the mastermind. He's the brains behind Freedom Sticks Whiskey. As How's you can going, see Austin? on the shirt. Austin. Here's Austin. We're, we're, we're very happy to have you on tonight. And Dylan, what do we like to do every time? Before we get into anything, sir. Well, we've been lacking on that. We we, we kind of jump off topic, but we come back to it. Anthony, what are you sipping on? Thank you, sir. I love you for it. So tonight, I went I went with a little Sazerac rye. You can't go wrong Ooh. with it. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's got a bit of burn, but it's so smooth. And what? Is it a $40 bottle, boys? I think it's a $40 bottle. $30 bottle. $30. Everybody here knows I love my cheap whiskey. This is a great buy. So if you can find it, grab you one. But it is hard to find here. And I'm also drinking uh, a Yangling Flight because I'm supposed to be losing mm-hmm. weight. So I make my wife think that I'm drinking <laughs> for health reasons. <laughs> so, um, Dylan, over to you, brother. What I have, sipping on? I actually have three things going tonight. I have Weller's for the whiskey. Green label. Yep. What Green is that? Label. Reserve. Reserves. Um, mm-hmm. I have Bushlight Apple, and then I also have regular Bushlight. He is actually <laughs> sipping on three drinks. So, this so is you're true. chasing down the apple with the Bushlight, then? No, I'm going to start it's, drinking the Bushlight after the apple. Is Austin oh, still okay. in? Austin uh, got kicked out. He's gone. Like. All right. Well, hopefully he comes back in here. Let, let me shoot him a message. Um, so we'll keep moving on when he comes back in the studio. Um, we will ask what he's sipping on. Um, so this is going to be a little bit of a different episode tonight. Justin's not in the studio. Uh, and Jake's going to kind of take us off the floor here and kind of get us going. Um, so I'm going to hand over the reins to you for a few. All right. Well, first off, let everybody know what I'm drinking since you guys just skipped me. Well, that's my bad because I was totally thrown off. I didn't. I I was thrown off of the fact that he 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 got off. So that's that's my bad. So uh, you're good. Jake, you're good. What are you sipping? I'm sipping on some Eagle Rare. Ooh, single barrel store pick. Talk about the price the on AB, that bottle. The ABC uh, Alabama Beverage Company. Uh, 
I think I paid 45 for it. I want to say it was a little more expensive being a single barrel st- select store pick. And I can actually tell a difference uh, comparing this to the just the regular bottle because I have one in the shelf and I've done a comparison. It's a little different. When, when you talk way. about different, like what, what are we getting different wise? I would say more flavor, more of a punch, uh, just a punch of flavor. Um, you know, it's not, I would say they're, they're both about this as smooth as, as each other, but, okay. um, I don't know. I just think that the single barrel select had a little more thought into it whenever they were picking it out the bottle. Now um, is, is the burn the same or do you get more or less? Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't really tell. It may be a little smoother, actually. Just a hair. Yeah, Anthony, uh, uh, his phone might have died. Okay. He'll, if it did, he'll be back. Okay, well, we'll we'll, we'll get what Austin is uh, sipping on here um, once he gets back. But I, I do want to con- continue on. And I know there was a couple things you wanted to cover on uh, the good old whiskey side of things. So let's, let's, let's do that. I'm excited about this. All right, well. With this show being American whiskey, we got to talk about some whiskey here, fellas. Yeah. So let, let's Amen. dive on in, man. Let's dive Great into to, to just the history of of bourbon and and whiskey and and where it came from. Um, we'll talk about who drank it, uh, who made it, where it was made. Um, you know, it's one of those things where it, it's it's been in in America before there was even America. Uh, it, I, I like think it was 1700s. Yeah. It, so it, it was one of those deals where he, I believe it was 1700s. Um, whiskey really started to, to come about. Um, was it England? that? Yes. Yep. It was it was England that, that first um, started making it. Um, and I, I think Anthony probably knows a little bit more about this than, than I do as far as the, the history and the timeline goes. Um, I really know more about prohibition um, going forward from from the 1920s. But Anthony, do you, do you know a little bit more before prohibition yeah, I mean, as far so, as, as the history goes? You know, everyone knows World War One. Okay, um, mm-hmm. you know that that's a um, thing where you learn this in school. You learn, you know, about where America came from, and and that was a really substantial part of the United States history. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, but with this whiskey, you're talking about the history whiskey is America. America is whiskey. And this is how, you know, America was looking to make a statement, um, for creating a positive era during world war one and alcohol at the time was looked at as a negative thing. And, and, and think about that. Why would that be? Why would it be the case? Why would alcohol be one of those things, um, that you would even want to, you know, say that you shouldn't be allowed to have it um and let's think about that for a second not only did democrats and republicans agree with you know prohibiting alcohol in the states but the biggest supporters of this back in the early 1900s were women um and the three of us will say it right now we love women right guys i mean we love women oh. but, um <laughs> uh justin's not in the studio he may not. I'm not sure. But <laughs> there were groups back then that were involved with stuff like, you know, 
the temperance movement movement and they would come together and they would blame alcohol and they would call it an evil of the saloon. And one of those groups were called the world. I think it was the world's Roman Christian temperance union. And what they did, they blamed the husband's actions such as domestic violence, money issues, and a list of things on whiskey, dude. That's what they, it was blamed on. So, um, when you, when you think about that, it's like, we can all say we've all been in a situation where we've had too much alcohol. So they must've been drinking a lot and there must've been a lot of bad husbands. But so a lot of the 1900s, a lot of women and even other groups were calling for a ban of alcohol. And it didn't even matter early on because remember the history of America, uh, what could women do back then? It didn't matter that women mm-hmm. did that did, they didn't agree because their their opinion didn't make a difference. They couldn't even vote, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, if you can't vote, you don't have a say. So, um, around the wartime, some of the politicians used the war as a reason for banning beer and whiskey because they claimed that um, it was a waste of wheat and it was a waste of corn during the war times. And though the though makers of you know these different whiskey companies claimed that there was only less than 1% of those items that were even being used, they still brought it back. So the first ban actually came November 1918. It was called the Wartime Prohibition Act. And this was just temporary. And soon after that, it became part of the Constitution. It was called the Volstead Act, yeah. I think. Is it the Volstead Act? So uh, in, I believe yeah, it was right. Sounds right. Okay, so in January 1919, the National Prohibition actually started. But... Let, and I, that was the 18th amendment. Let him back in. Okay, hold on. We're going to let All right. I'm going to finish what I was saying if that's okay though. Yeah. Um Welcome back, there Austin. We're in the middle of an episode here. Woo-hoo. Um welcome back in. Um after I we're done talking about this, we want to hear what you're drinking on. So, um Jake what was it? What was I at? What you was were on that, uh, act. You, you, you So were January 1919, the National Prohibition actually st- started. It was passed. I think it was the 18th Amendment. Um, but guys, I don't know if you know this, but you know, just because it was passed in 1919, Americans had one year before the act actually went in effect in January 2020. Stock up. And yeah, so you know, if I was alive during then, I'd be buying so much fucking whiskey, beer, wine supplies to make that shit. It lasts you know? a week. Mm-hmm. Hell, I'd be buy a farm supplies. just to, I would buy a farm just to grow the whiskey and the wheat. You know what I mean? So, yeah. but at that grow time, it was put into place. There were only a couple ways to get alcohol back then. Like, it's just like medical marijuana now. Religious reasons, such as communion, that was one way, mm-hmm. and medical whiskey. Now, the easiest way to get your fucking drink on back then was to find yourself a honey hole. Okay. And that's where you get the names such as speak easies, blind pigs, tiger pigs, you know, that, that, that's kind of where you started getting those kind of names. You see restaurants like that. So that's kind of early pre prohibition. Um, but leading on to prohibition, Jake, we'll start with you. But before we do that, I want to ask Austin what he's sipping on tonight. So I am sipping on 1792 bottle and bond. It'd be really easy to go over to the cabinet and grab some uh, Freedom Sticks whiskey, but I'm an equal opportunity drinker here. I'm not just going to sip on my own juice. I've got plenty behind me on the shelf, and drink the 1792 man. bottle and bond is a fine drink. So cheers, boys! Before we move on, throw that right up top here, and we'll. Uh... 
Yeah, sir. Sir, Jake's not gonna do it. Cheers. Yeah. Fuck us, right, Jake? Yeah. Fuck you guys. So, what we were doing, Austin, um, Jake, want to talk a little bit about the history of whiskey? Um, I know for some reason my dad had me learning the pre-prohibition from an early age. So I was just sharing before the prohibition what was going on, what happened as early as 1918 with the wartime prohibition act, which was you know pre before the prohibition. Actually, it was instated. Um, so now Jake's going to talk about some what was going on during the prohibition at the time. Okay, so prohibition started in 1920, and it lasted 13 years, uh, 1920 to 1933. Uh, that that's a long time to to go undercover if if you, you want to do your sip on. Let's just think about that. That's a lot of know? doctor's appointments. <laughs> that's a lot of doctor's appointments. Uh, we, uh, um, what did they even prescribe? What what were the side effects that you had to qualify for? To, so to, to back then, bourbon? you know, you know, t- t- in today's world, we call it depression. We call it, you know, which is funny because you read into that and you, what is alcohol? It's a depressant. <laughs> Absolutely. So these these fruitcake doctors were prescribing it for depression and all sort of things. I mean, you got to think alcohol back back then. You know, if it was strong enough, you could clean things. You could I clean wounds. My toe. Give me alcohol. You know, you could. I, yes. I, yeah, I clean my know, pipes with it. Let's talk about the nineteen early 1900s. Medicine was not where it was. So what happens if you didn't have anesthesia back then? Take a couple good shots of this here moonshine and pass you out and we'll do some work on you. You see what I'm saying? So there was there was multiple reasons. But one of the biggest reasons, um, and this is why pre-prohibition, before the prohibition happened, when they first they 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 outlawed alcohol, where did a lot of it come from? Your churches. Why? Because they could easily get it because it was for communion purposes. Okay, so that was the number one reason for being able to get alcohol back then. So, but yeah, if you needed to go to the doctor, I'd sure as hell try to get some whiskey. Yeah, that was like the first. So that was like the first invention at Amazon. George Remus back in the day. Uh, he was based mm-hmm. out of Cincinnati gobbled up all kinds of liquor establishments and barrel houses and rick houses when prohibition hit and like literally he was he was the bezos of prohibition he had yeah. the trucks he had the barrels he had the bottles he had delivery service i mean he he was bezos 1.0 before bezos was ever there it's crazy that's awesome wow. that's awesome jake so you know it actually wasn't illegal uh, to drink alcohol during the prohibition there it was just illegal to, Buy to sell manufacture uh, buy it right so um that, that's something to think about well that you uh, know that, that you say that jake sorry real fast that's the most interesting thing about these honey holes that you could find you could go to the speakeasy and you know what would they say if if, if the popo came in they're knocking your your speakeasy down they're knocking you, you know your undercover bar what are you going to tell them i didn't mm-hmm. sell to them they brought their own so right. a lot of these places weren't even being able to be shut down because there was no proof that they were actually selling it. So that, that was a really good point to bring up is it wasn't illegal to drink it. It was illegal to mm-hmm. make it and buy it. And, and there were some, some states that didn't even enforce it. They refused to enforce prohibition. Uh, I believe it was Maryland and New York. They, they didn't even, well, New York eventually did, but, but Maryland, I believe was one of the states that was known for, for um, not really, giving two craps whether people are selling it drinking it 
I, I mean, New uh-huh. York might have tried, but when you have all that yeah. crime and mob and everything, yeah. you're not getting right. Yeah. Not mob getting capital, it. baby. Yeah. Well, that and the uh, you know, federal government really pushed its weight around when those like those states like that in New Jersey as well all started holding out. Um, yeah. The federal government basically came in and said, "Hey, all your federal grants and funding, <laughs> bye." You know, mm-hmm. start enforcing it, or we're taking your money away. And they got a they got some in line, but all the agents that enforce that too, you know, they were making ends meet as enforcement yeah. agents and they were driving around a brand new Cadillac. So how'd they get those? Well, I mean, how was, how are, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you talk about the church and whiskey back in the day. It's like, you heard, you hear that country song. It's like, you know, the pastors driving in the brand new Cadillac of the year. And the next thing you know, Michael some Ray. Like, yeah. Some of the people are in the congregation are coming in cause they found out about it and they're now they're driving new Cadillacs, you know? So it's like, it was one of the craziest times in the United States history. It, it yeah. was the prohibition and because it didn't stop the consumption of alcohol. It did not stop the sale of alcohol, but what it did do was create. Yeah. It created <laughs> even more of a market for, mm-hmm. The you know not just the to, the making the 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 production but but for the purchasing and you you know you you would you think to yourself it's like you see some of this today where you're trying to control the people of the United States and what they can and cannot do and you know so it's it's just interesting go ahead Jake I'm sorry buddy oh you're good uh, another point I wanted to talk about was just the the amount of bad liquor that there was out there that that people died from uh either became blind or yeah the the stuff that makes you blind white Uh, mouth i thought i I thought it's when you touch yourself i thought it's when you touch yourself not when you drink liquor (laughs) you know the other day i tried some stuff called freedom sticks and since then my left eye started kind of twitching and uh, i don't even know if i'm seeing straight (laughs) <laughs> well, that's a little extra something we put in there for you. Keep Fuck coming it, back. I liked it. <laughs> I gave that to you right you're... before I walked in. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, uh, the, man, the, you're, you're the guinea pig. That's a good point, Jake, you know, is to bring up what, you know, not only, you know, there wasn't laws because it was it was illegal, so you don't know what's in it. You don't know how it's it's being made, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the methyl alcohol, that's no bueno. Um, do you guys ever, did you guys ever watch the show Moonshiners? Yeah. Yep. I did not. I'm not a That's big a, TV you guy. You never, oh dude, it's a good show. From what I've learned from that. Do I'm more of a fishing, hunting, <laughs> yeah. and collecting things for the end of times. Myself. From what I learned from Moonshiners, you, you gotta dump the head. Isn't that what they call it? The first, uh, a yep. uh, few, is that the head? Get you the got head. the head. Yeah. You got the head and the tail, which, you know, sounds like two great things. But they're yeah. both really, really bad. That sounds yeah. good, though. So, yeah, also, let, both uh, of them. Let, let's, let's jump into, talk about that. Let's jump into that. How, how do we uh, filter that out? But I can you first off, can you explain what the head and tail is? Because I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, so uh, you got the head, the tail, and the heart of you know. Really, it's not just whiskey or bourbon or anything else. It's you know, all spirits have a head, tail, and basically the head. You know, that's that first top layer. Um, all your volatile chemicals sit up there. Um, extremely dangerous. Uh, you know, Jake, you said like methanol, things like that, carbo, like the, you know, unpotable, basically alcohol. You drink that, um, a very minute amount of that. You're talking like 0.2 to 
milliliters can kill you yeah. um, or yeah. cause an adverse yeah. effect. Like it's like fentanyl. Know. I live on the yeah, edge, exactly. baby. Send some of that shit on over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, and the tail is the same way. The tail is the back end of that. And you get guys during prohibition, they don't know what they're doing. They're trying to maximize profits. The whole barrel is going out the door to the consumer. Uh, yeah. I you know, they're it. not oh, taking any man. time. They're just trying to get their money. Think about, you know, you so, so how do you, you decipher yeah, the difference there? That's a good idea. So how do you know when <laughs> you got your barrel, you're going to take the head, the tail out, and then you're going to take the heart out. But how do you decipher when to stop taking it out? How do you know when you, now your barrel is safe for people to consume your product. Well, it, it, today it's easy. I mean, we have science behind it. You know, you got chemistry, everything else that sits there and you can do your, you know, your light test, your chemical tests, everything else that tell you exactly when it's there. But if you're talking back in the 1920s, they didn't have that. You know, they had to go through. If you weren't very skilled and trained, it's difficult. I mean, I don't think I could pick those out every single time at this stage. And, you know, not risk somebody without, you know, the backing of that technology and that equipment. Yeah. So, Jake, do you know how, like, how often that actually happened? Like, was that a, was that a common thing where people were was getting, common. was it? Yeah. That we're talking thousands of people dying, uh, from, from just the, the bad contaminant alcohol, um, more than 10,000 people, um, from, from the research that I did. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Just dying from from drinking alcohol. I, I, yeah. I want to know the stat the stats today of alcohol poisoning versus the stats in nineteen twenties and thirties for just dying from one glass. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. You bring we're talking about alcohol because you see that today when it comes to um, the consumption before, like before medical marijuana was legal in the in, well in Ohio. Um, there was a lot of, believe it or not, people were overdosing on marijuana because it was being mixed in with something that it shouldn't or, you know, but now it's being regulated and you can get it medically and there's less of that with the, you know, the consumption of marijuana, but it's just interesting how, you know, before it was alcohol, you know, now we're dealing with drug, you know, a pandemic, I guess. Well, epidemic. Like, on that for a second, they weren't really overdosing on marijuana. They were overdosing on the fentanyl that's and just, the stuff yeah, that's they what were I was lacing saying. it with. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to yeah. hit on that for a second. Trust me. All yeah, right. well, that's kind of like, that's like the head and the tail, but you know, I'm not, you know, Anthony, you talk about the medical card. I'm not well-versed in that side of the, uh, you know, spectrum there, but, you know, I, I remember seeing a meme go around there for a while. So it's like, oh, I overdosed on marijuana. That was always like, a, ha, 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 that's hilarious. Yeah. Like the little bit I know, like, that's not really possible. Like I hear overdose, I think like the serious stuff, the, you know, cocaine, the heroin, but there's actually people that, you know, because of that back market, you know, marijuana that yeah. that actually happened, I guess. And that's and, something I never mm-hmm. heard about. Yeah, and, and that's because they were lacing it with like rat poison right. and a bunch and, of crazy shit. But at the end of the day, my point is that being, it's like, you know, if you just regulate alcohol and you, and you tax it and you put it out in the market, you know, people are going to have to pass the test of, you know, putting this out on the market. So, you know, it's safe. It's the same thing with marijuana today. It's like you go to the mm-hmm. dispensary, you know what you're getting. It's going to be safe, you know. So, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. It's like, you know, do you take it, do you make it illegal and then make it to where people are dying because people don't know what the fuck they're doing, you know. Mm-hmm. So, Anthony, since you kind of hit on that real quick, do you want to go into the legal process of being able to sell alcohol? Jake, do you want to add anything else in on 
prior so to that? We were talking about prohibition. Um, I guess let's talk about why prohibition. Before we go to that, let's talk about why prohibition ended. Uh, so ended in, in December 5th, 1933. We're, we're talking about, yeah, right, tax money. Uh, we're in the Great Depression. We're, we need to get out. So the government's trying to come up with any any excuse to get some money, right, at this point. So everybody, of course, has, has been drinking alcohol illegally. They're like, well, let's tax this stuff again. Let's try to get millions of dollars, try to get out of this this hump that the government's in. Um, so so we're talking, um, I think it was Teddy Roosevelt, I believe, repealed it um, in, in 1930, maybe 32. Um, 1933, December 5th, it, it finally passed. So now we're, we're able to sit here and, and drink our bourbon. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers, cheers on that. Woo-hoo! I Thanks, have a Teddy. Good, yeah. I have a good question for you guys. How did John F. Kennedy get his name? Does anybody know? Go ahead, Dylan. <clears throat> I'm not going to cheat. I was watching your screen. How did John F. Kennedy even become possibility to run for president? Does anybody know? Mm. Papa. No. It was his dad because John F. Kennedy made his fortune doing what? Bootlegging. Ah. He could never run for president. Um, but during the, the, the prohibition, uh, Joseph Kennedy made his fortune and became relevant. And be, that's how the Kennedy name even came about. He was going up to Canada bringing, you know, Hooch back, selling it, made a fortune doing it. And that's how the Kennedy name ever became. So think about America's most loved president in the United States, how mm-hmm. his name even became possible. Whiskey. Crazy. Yeah. Go. Stick on stick on the trivia train. So there had to be how many states had to pass legislation to repeal prohibition? And what was the final state that did it and passed it? Uh, I believe the final state was um Oklahoma, Kansas, and Oklahoma remained dry um, for the longest. Uh, Mississippi was up there. I think it was Mississippi, uh, nineteen sixty-six. Um, yeah, well, so, I don't know. They held I, 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 I don't know. I want to say eight. <laughs> Are we just guessing yeah. fifty? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so 50 states. 30, 30, 36 states had to, you know, repeal it for it to, you know, the ratification to take place, and Utah was the thirty-sixth state. Oh, Mormon state. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, like Jake talked about, cheaper. like Mississippi, <laughs> there's even after it repealed in 32, like states like Mississippi and stuff, they ran all the way to the 60s because they could yeah. still recognize it state by state, which is crazy. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy that that happened that way because uh, we kind of hit on it a little bit last uh, episode before they did prohibition federally there were states that tried it a few years before and it did not go well for them. Yeah. Cause they did do it state yeah. by state. Yeah, that's true. They tried and it failed bad. So yeah, Pennsylvania so, had prohibition long before. I think right. it was yeah. called what I say it was. I think the Massachusetts law or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. The, no, it was Maine, 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 the law, the yeah, main law. That's right. Maine law. That's right. Jake. So I'm in, I'm in Alabama. But we're in the Bible belt. Uh, our County is dry. We, we don't have any liquor stores in our county, and, and that goes for a, a lot of That's states. That's your I mean, own fault, bud. That is your there's own fault. I wouldn't live there. Yeah. No. So I don't know, I, I don't know about Idiot. Ohio, but 
we have counties that that regulate alcohol sales. Yeah, we do here. too. We um, do. Yeah, uh, Cedarville. Yeah, well, C- yeah. Cedarville. Dry. Pitchin. <laughs> yeah. I think Pitchin areas. Dry uh, counties. Amish country. Yeah. Pitchin. So, yeah, that, we have that here too. Um, there's a golf course actually. <laughs> I played last year. It was it's a. Uh, I think it was Locust Hills. I got. I went in there. I was like, "You guys got a clubhouse where there's beer or anything?" He's like, "But you're, you're 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 in a dry county." I was like, "What the fuck does that mean?" He's like, "What do you mean? You can't buy any alcohol here?" And I was like, "Well, I'll be back in 25 minutes because I'm like playing golf without." Oh, um, Jake, are you? Is there anything else you want to add before? You uh, let's off talk about r- real quick. We talked about prohibition. Uh, last thing I want to touch on is the difference from whiskey and bourbon. A uh, lot. We just. I want to educate. You know, the people listening a little educate bit. Educate me. And Austin probably knows a lot more about this than I do. But just from what I know, <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> I don't know shit. Austin, Austin, do you want to talk? Do you, do you know the difference? Obviously, you probably do. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, uh, I couldn't be happier that I'm on this podcast because, like, you're sitting here talking about my two favorite conversations: yeah. Prohibition, Volstead <laughs> Act. And now we're talking about bourbon and whiskey. And soon to be but, done. Yeah, I mean, so get it real excited. Yeah. <laughs> like, is there a tic-tac-toe board behind me? Because like I just say it. bingo. I don't know. Jesus, I feel like I felt like they just called O sixty nine in the bingo hall. And a bunch of old ladies. Woo, woo, woo. But no, like uh, yeah, bourbon and whiskey. So I mean, a lot of people think about it like, oh, yo. Whatever. What's what's the difference? You know, a lot of people they hear bourbon, they think like, oh, you got to be from Kentucky to be a bourbon. No, you don't. Bourbon is a federally regulated term for any. You know, bourbon is a U.S. product. It is not a Kentucky product. But a lot of people think that is Kentucky product just because a lot of your major distillers and bourbon. You know, ancestry. No, it's absolutely not. I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, but that's the first one, you know, you know, such, such as scotch and, you know, Irish whiskey, our bourbon, you know, is a bourbon, you know, it's a bourbon whiskey. All bourbons are a whiskey. All whiskeys are not a bourbon. Mm-hmm. Um, you go on beyond that. Um, you know, there's certain things that have to be, you know, true about a bourbon. So, um, you, sir, you know, if I told you, can bourbon? How many times can you reuse a bourbon barrel to make bourbon? Well, you can't ever reuse None. it. You can't ever reuse it. It's the first ever barrel. Exactly. It has to be at you least one proof, barrel. Right? Virgin. Virgin. So, if I so if I use American oak, if I use American oak, French oak, and Japanese oak to make uh, a bourbon, which one of those is a bourbon? Which one's a whiskey? American oak bourbon. Oh, right. So any new oak barrel wow, any can be, it doesn't have to be American oak. It can be any new oak. Um, Canadian. It's got to be American. Uh, bullshit. It's American whiskey. bullshit. I'm out of here. All right. But a lot of people would think, hey, it's got to be made in America. So why shouldn't the oak come from America too? But no, any new oak barrel. But the reason we you know, typically use American oak is because why the hell would you ship French oak to America? To make a new barrel, mm-hmm. we, yeah. we got plenty of it here. Um, the proof that the proof that the you know the actual neutral grain spirit has to go into the barrel cannot be greater than one twenty five. Um, I think three or four years ago, it used to be not greater than one fifteen, and they've slowly 
um, worked it up. I don't know the exact years on when they've moved that, but that proof point has changed over the years. Um, and then the other part of it is when you're doing bourbon, you cannot introduce anything into the neutral grain spirit. It has to remain a neutral grain spirit as it goes into the barrel. Um, and then here you go. Another trivia question. How long does the spirit have to remain in the barrel to be considered a bourbon? The four, four years. Jake says four. What no, else? Uh, Dylan? I think it might be two. I think it might be two. I don't even know. Uh, I'm five. Go, I'm going to go less five. than a year. I'm going to go five. No, that doesn't so, make sense. Two years five. now. 36 months. So technically it could be in the, like, literally you could fill it up before it right out. It'd be a bourbon. <laughs> it goes, <laughs> so, you know, there are a couple, actually. <laughs> the only reason why I knew it was less than you know, years because ours is technically a bourbon. Yeah. So, you know, a couple of things I'm going to use blue run. For example, they have this little word called Kentucky straight right across here. Now, in mm-hmm. order to be a Kentucky straight, it does have to be in that barrel for at least one year to be a Kentucky straight. Same thing if you wanted to call it a Texas straight, Ohio straight, Tennessee straight. It has to be in that barrel within that state for at least one year. But, you know, that Kentucky straight bourbon that's aged four years, it could have spent three years in Vermont and then spent a year in Kentucky. And it would be a Kentucky mm. straight bourbon or you could call it a Kentucky Verm- or, you know, a Vermont straight bourbon. But then again, outside of calling something a bourbon, what else do you want to tie it to? Kentucky. Well, here's my question for you then, Austin. Um Mm-hmm. Actually, I shouldn't bring it up. I want to bring up rye whiskey, but I want Jake to be able to talk about the bourbon and the whiskey first. Yeah, but uh, those are some of the, you know some of the small things there, Jake. I don't know if you have any other cue cards. I could sit here and talk. There's you know a bunch of <laughs> yeah, idioticities sure. about it that on the TTB website that we might talk about here in a little bit that differentiate that. But if you got some other ones on there, you know, fire them away. So, in order for a bourbon to be classified. As bourbon, does there have to have to be a certain percentage of grain, corn? Uh, uh, what what's the percentage of, of of that that is classified bourbon? Yeah, so it has to be at least fifty one percent corn in order to be a bourbon. If it's not fifty one percent corn, you can call it a rye, you can call it a wheat, but um, it has to at least have fifty one percent corn in there. Okay. Can a bourbon be a rye? Uh, it can be a high rye bourbon. So here you go. Go again to the wall of presentation. Redemption. High rye right, bourbon. bourbon. All right. So, so it is still 51% corn. Yeah. Yep. 60% corn, 36% rye, 4% malted barley. And I, huh. malted I, barley. myself, I am a huge rye guy because I, I absolutely love a little smoke flavor. Yep. And I, every time mm-hmm. I get a rye, I get that oh, smoke yeah. flavor, and it's just something that I crave in a whiskey. Okay, so not uh, and I didn't know what the difference between that was, and this is the most education I've ever had when it comes. Well, and to Anthony, that. that's like you you spill some sugar on the stove and it burns, and you know you shouldn't lick the stove because it's hot, but you do anyway because it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> like that 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 that's right. That's rye whiskey right there. Yeah. Uh, have, have you guys ever heard the song Rye Whiskey? I have not. No, but I've never oh, looked at a stove with burnt sugar. <laughs> but now you have Anthony looking upstairs like, I, I see a stove up there. There's a stove up. Honey, is a stove on? Turn it off. <laughs> she made cookies earlier. Spill some sugar on it. I'll be right up. I think that's a, isn't that a song, Dylan? Oh, wait, no, that's a different song. Sorry. 
What are you thinking? I'm about? Well, Pour some sugar on me. I'm confused. I will. <laughs> I will if you let me have some of that Jack Daniels Ohio bottle back behind you. Uh, I'll pour it. Uh, freedom... You mean some of the open bottle that he has? Yes. Maybe it'll be a one... Freedom Sticks Whiskey Ohio pick one day. Who knows? Who knows? That'd be Who awesome. Knows? I want to talk about that, too. So, yeah, let, let's talk about uh, what Freedom Sticks is. And, and, First and off, what you show guys are... the camera what you got right there, buddy. Did you show the camera that the, uh, the bottle? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, the Jack, the bottle of Jack. Before, uh, bottle we'll of show Jack. this off. Yeah. So you know, currently the bottle of Jack, it, he's wearing the belt. But just know this: Freedom Sticks whiskey is coming for this belt. We're gonna okay. take it down. We're gonna take, pull oh, him up, bend him over, slap him on the ass. I love it. Oh shit! Look at that. They, they did it all. They got a little barrel in the back. I mean, it's a sexy bottle. It, it's it's fire right there. Jack Daniels, mm-hmm. Tennessee's come, come Austin, came for that, the Ohio belt. Throw that belt on the Freedom Sticks. Fuck that. No, you got to oh, earn that shit. Don't do that. So, is Jack Daniels considered a bourbon? I know there's a controversy no, a out there. It's a whiskey. Uh, so, so Jack what, Daniels what? is absolutely a bourbon. Is it? Lion sack of shit. Yeah. Tell, tell me why, because there's people out there that think that the the charcoal process eliminates but there's also no. bourbons that that have the charcoal process so tell me a little bit more about absolutely. that absolutely so you know to be a bourbon there's essentially you know five stages that has to go through to be a bourbon all <laughs> the tennessee whiskeys that people enjoy out there and there's nothing wrong with a good tennessee whiskey people I that agree. hate on jack daniels and jim agree. and jim beam they are that they're haters that's all they're doing but no, absolutely. All the thing that they're doing down in Tennessee, they're adding two extra steps. They're doing the charcoal filtration, and it has to be within that county down in Tennessee, which oddly enough, if you work for Jack Daniels, you cannot drink Jack Daniels in your own county because it's a dry county. Right. <laughs> ain't, ain't, that, ain't that some I, shit. I am 45 minutes away from Lynchburg. So we, yep. we've taken the, the tour, uh, and it was I highly recommend the tour. It was very educational, um, and, and and that was one of the talks with with the tour guide was is it classified as bourbon or Tennessee whiskey? And, and from what he told us, uh, they want to keep it on the Tennessee whiskey uh, label for marketing purposes because right. they pretty yep. much own own that brand of Tennessee whiskey. When you think of Tennessee whiskey, everybody thinks of Jack Daniels. Absolutely. So absolutely. It, it, it's a hundred percent for marketing. Yeah, it, it, it is. And that's, you know, if you walk into a, other than Lynchburg, cause you can't walk into a bar in Lynchburg cause they don't have it. But <laughs> no. if you I walk into st- another bar, I can walk bar, into a speakeasy. Guarantee it. You, they, 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 they do work. They do work around it by, by having tastings, distillery tastings in Lynchburg. Yes. Yep. But if you walk in there and you ask them for a Jack Daniels bourbon, you better be ready for an all-out fight because they are going to punch you in the mouth, drag you outside, <laughs> and I bet they have twelve cousins that are bigger and stronger than all of us. So <laughs> do not. Not only are they cousins, but they're also brothers. <laughs> they might be. <laughs> don't post that. My bad. I'm the most uh, inappropriate, hey. immature person on this podcast tonight. There's zero doubt. Why? Why we're on the Tennessee Trail? Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give a shout out to Greenbrier right here, Sour Match Tennessee whiskey. Yeah, but Tennessee Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey. They are actually one of the oldest distillers. Um, You might know, or Anthony, you might know them better, or Jake maybe. 
um, Bell Mead whiskey okay. bourbon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I've heard of it. They, Absolutely. The Greenbrier actually makes that, but they source it through MGP. Okay. And one of the mm-hmm. things I was down there, I got to meet these guys at Greenbrier a few months ago. And hands down, their green briar product is far superior than the Bellmead, but they don't get nearly as much love on their green briar Tennessee whiskey as they do the Bellmead. And I asked the guy, I was like, why not? I was like, clearly it's a better product. Yeah. And he said, honestly, mm-hmm. with MGP's help, it's easier for them to get a national recognition on the Bellmead product than it is Tennessee with on their, uh, you know, their Tennessee whiskey green briar. So if, you're ever in the liquor store and you see Greenbrier on that shelf, I recommend it. For a thirty dollar bottle, you cannot go wrong. And Tony, you like thirty dollars? I do. You like thirty, 30 and under, baby. Thirty and under. Thirty and under. That's right there. Jake, are we making a bologna sandwich? Where we're going, Jake? Are we going? No, I'm taking a piss, but I want my computer to be close to the bathroom so I I don't lose the, the Bluetooth. Yeah, so, so absolutely. Um, Austin, uh, and uh, Dylan, um. With all this being said, there's something that I wanted to do tonight, and that yep, I wanted I want to bring up as you guys. This is going to be our first YouTube uh, episode too, so this shout out to that. So I want, can you put that back up and onto the screen? Um, is there any information on that label? Is it just there's not a whole lot. I, I stole okay. and flipped over the uh, label from, but no, we can roll that around there. Yeah, so show that so. off here, guys. So what we have tonight, guys is austin um it sounds like is probably the mastermind Uh, of of the distilling there's no probably behind it and uh and dylan's sounds like you're part of this operation um i know jake jake brought up a great idea earlier um and and austin that's why you're on here tonight we really want to hear about what it takes to create um, a whiskey in the United States, and and I, Jake had some great questions. I'm gonna let him take it from here. Yeah, so uh, I, I just think that that's awesome that you guys have, have taken that that on. Of, um, I mean, that, that's not, that's not an easy undertaking to start a, a distillery. There's a lot that goes into it. I, I am a business owner. I have a landscaping company, um, but uh, in order I've to get had a- the best landscaping business in Athens, Ohio rewarded ohio dude i'm in alabama i'm in athens, athens alabama. alabama i've had a couple drinks won't you judge me <laughs> yeah. you judge them we're coming for you alabama well i almost went to uh, uh ou so i can't say anything about athens ohio <laughs> well war eager uh, war eagle down there war, war eagle. eagle i think that's, war damn eagle yeah. that's right that's i right. get that right <laughs> i was gonna make a joke about roll tide earlier and i didn't know how it would go but now that i see the logos, I'm like, hey, I know why they'd roll tide because they'd roll out of that dry ass county. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like that. Um, but no, that that's definitely an undertaking. So let's talk about if, if you don't mind, just kind of give us the rundown on on the process of starting a, a distillery from scratch. I mean, what what's the first step? Pretty much tell us kind of the steps of, of what you guys have had to go through to get to where you guys are now. And, and what, you... what is your fu- what does your future hold from here on out? Before you start, Austin, I just want to kick this off by saying don't have a mic. Don't have a mic. What Fair is enough. that supposed to mean? <laughs> no. We'll elaborate. He and, 
Yeah, he and one of our other partners, they they love to rib on each other. They're sick. No, I hold no, no, you done started this train. You're gonna sit back and ride it. I'm elaborating. So, I, I'm nope, trying to get nope. the best you hold out your of a tongue, partner. Sir. I'm getting the best out yeah. of a partner that's not putting his foot forward. Um I took that on. Sir, this is this is American and whiskey. That's the name of the podcast, correct? Yeah, that's American right. and whiskey. This is right. not America lattes over there. I see that, Bill, and you can't you cannot hide that. Well, I'm about to go get but, a pour. I just literally finished. Yeah. My... All right. So but what, he and our yeah ahead. he he and our co partner Dylan or Dylan Jesus Mike uh, they like to ride each other pretty hard, you know, in a very you know consensual way. And I believe that secretly these two have the strongest bond of all of us, and all that. You know, just tantalizing aggression between each other and just riding and just making jokes and poking at each other that they really have formed just a deep bond that, you know, physical. is far more physical, emotional. I want to see what happens <laughs> behind closed doors. <laughs> deep, deeply, madly, uh, that 1990s, 2000s song back there, deeply, madly. But I don't know the lyrics to that one, but. I believe truly Dylan and Mike have something special back there and I'm rooting for him first off. I can't, you know, that'll only make, that'll only make this partnership that much more special. Man, I love it. I love it. So, uh, let's move forward. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so Jake, yeah, let's, let's talk about what Jake had to say here. You know, what's it take, what's yeah. it take to, to do this? So, you know, first steps, a very, you know, very simple step. You go to the state, you register an LLC you pay your small fee to, you know, your good governor, and he wow, immediately spits wow. you. Yeah, well, I didn't want to throw that name out there, man. <laughs> He's but great. his his little signatures that. on the bottom it it changes from time to time. It could be tasked if you filled out an LLC twelve Ooh. years ago Ooh. before you know you got the whole litigation thing. But then he came back for a second term, so not so bad, I guess. But. Either way, you get your LLC, they give you a number in, at 24, 72 hours. Pretty quick, simple process. That's step one of about 80 steps. <laughs> from there, you're dancing back and forth. There's this, you know, Congo line that goes from federal to state, federal to state, federal to state. And that's what you do the entire process. We're still in the middle of this right now. But everybody that has hands in the company, more than 5%, has to give their life story and information to both Uncle Sam at the federal level and at the state level. So everybody has to submit. And you would think like, oh, I can take this information and submit it one time. Absolutely not. <laughs> You've got to submit it multiple times, both directions, simultaneously, one step after the other. You have to tell them how much money you've contributed. You've got to show them bank statements that you possess the money to contribute. You've got to tell them your life history. If you've had a beer and, you know, drank a beer with your buddy that's 18 years old and got caught, guess what? It's on paper. It's on document. They're going to review your characteristics. They're going to go back and forth. They're going to do it two or three more times. When you think you've got everything perfect, they're going to tell you you're wrong. Do it again. And right now, after all those steps, they're also going to want to see a partnership agreement so we've actually got a great one it's kind of like highlander so there only one you know can live survive 
So later on, me and Dylan in this podcast, we might actually go head to head and a partnership could be resolved down to four if people are so lucky. But I'm down to do that right now. All right. I wish I was there. We we, we can make this real interesting if I was in live in action with you guys. But no, I mean, it, it is, you know, to date, we've been going back and forth on this for probably the better part of eight or nine months. I mean, we are still just in the middle of this we've got to get signatures we've got to get notaries to you know stamp off on it we've got to go back you know let the federal tell us we're wrong we fix their complaint they give us a green light we go back to state they tell us we're wrong we get a green light and it's just it's back and forth it's kind of like being you know a ping pong you know that's that's exactly what it is we're in ping pong getting served how uh how long how much longer do you think you have until these, until the good people um, can get this? And before you answer so, that, Jake, uh, are you tanning right now? off. He's working on a tan line. Like, what's going on there? <laughs> so we, or, we have like a, a, a three-month-old that uh, is currently awake in the living room trying to go back to sleep. My wife made me turn the light off in the where I was sitting in the uh, kitchen she was like you got to go in the den with the and then i did i, I had to turn that some, sex some room? Blue that's what i want that's, that's a sex room isn't it that's a that's a sex room i color. wish dude yeah. I, I wish it was a sex room look how hey, he's rocking this, in that chair he's I, used to that motion isn't he hey every room in my house is a sex room Man, i knew that was coming so austin again what where are we at in the process man when when can american whiskey and can you two things how far away are we? And can you distribute your whiskey to anyone like at all? Like right now in your steps, like what, what, what do we got going? No. So currently we cannot distribute to anybody. Uh, you know, we've got our, you know, our test, you know, batches that we're trying to build up really what we're trying to do is identify our, our main profiles that we're going to go into production with. You know, and that target for production, uh, you know, I spoke to six or seven other people that are in the distillery business. Uh, We are actually a part of the Ohio Distillery Guild. Um, So folks out there that might be listening in, if you're not familiar with that, the Ohio Distillery Guild is literally all the distilleries around Ohio. It is a cult, but it's called a whiskey. So that's a good cult to be in. I'll drink that. I'll drink. I'll drink that juice. Drink that juice nine times out of ten right there. There's smart people there. <laughs> but, um, no, being a part of that, it gives us access um, to multiple things. Um, a lot of knowledge of guys that have done this already. Um, some guys threw money at the problem, and they got all their distillery license and everything in six months. Other yeah. guys took it on head-on all by themselves, and it took them the better part of two to three years. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're, we're somewhere in the middle. I think what we're trying to do is we're going to fail by ourselves first because at the end of the day, I think the government does want to find a little bit of a hiccup in your process. They don't want to just be like, hey, this Joe Schmo over here nailed it first time out. So, you know, we're going to fail a couple of times. And then I think ultimately we're going to invest in a company that's, you know, skilled in this environment to come in and fix our final, you know, missteps to get us there. But I Mm -hmm. would say 18 to 24 months is our real target for getting to market. But 
that's the kicker too. We get Ohio, we get federal. Great. We can distribute in Ohio. If we want to go to Alabama and see Jake, yeah. we got to go to a whole new state and start it all over again. So wow. Um, wow. It, it's never truly done. You know, every state you want to go into, there are some states um, kind of like, you know, I'm going to tie into our later conversation guns. There are some states that, you know, co-recognize concealed carries. There are mm-hmm. some states that co-recognize once you get approved to distribute distribute into one state, you can kind of immediately jump into another one when it comes to spirits. But, um, you know, we have to find those states. Those After we get through Ohio and federal, those are probably the there's one particular pocket that six states co-recognize. So we'll probably jump to that one next uh, once we get through Ohio and then we'll work to take on each state after that head on. Okay. So that's so kind of where we're at, where we're 18 going to 24 months altogether or 18 to 24 more months. So 18 to 24 months altogether. So okay. we're about month eight right now. So I'm hoping 10, you know, 10 would be the upside. If we could do that, that'd be great. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, I'm not going to hold our breath that we do that. That's, so that's really winning. Austin. Um, I know before you've mentioned a temporary sale license or something like that. Is that something we could get within the 10 months or what's the process of that? So there is a temporary status. You can operate under it for six months. Um, We would still have to go through that approval stage and they might come back to us and look at all everything we got set into place. And they might say, all right, you're into your six month temporary status window. This is what you need to fix. You have six months to do it. If you don't do it, you're shut down. So there is a temporary status window that we can fall into and start. Uh, we cannot distribute to like the Ohio. So Ohio is a unique state. Um, I don't know how Alabama set up, Jake, but in Ohio, you can only buy liquor at bars or OHLQ mm-hmm. buildings. Um, what a lot of people don't realize about OHLQ, there's actually only four distribution centers that feed out to all the OHLQ stores that we can buy as general consumers. So if we were to get our temporary status, we can go to bars, we can set up in bars, or we can set up our own distillery tour and we can sell direct to consumers at our distillery, but we cannot yet go into an OHLQ store and sell bottles off the shelf. Gotcha. So, and that, that would be pretty expensive insurance to try to uh, meet that market of selling it in your distillery. We're talking a building, uh, the whole, the whole nine. So, um, is that something that you guys want to have in the future? Uh, a, a, a place to actually sell your product, like a, a, a distillery? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, we're a little bit different um, in this fact that our initial plan is to work with a direct distiller to distill the mash bill that I've built out to do our, and then they would send us our raw product and I would barrel it. I would, you know, season the barrels in the way that we have designed here at my facility Mm -hmm. to bring the final product Um, down the road. 
could we distill? Do we want to distill? Um, I think we would have to bring in a master distiller because mm-hmm. I've got a kit. I've got a biochemical chemistry background, but I don't necessarily have a distilling background. I don't know that I want to get into that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily a blender, but I know what I want for my raw product to put into my barrels to get my final yeah. product. So um, if we went into a actual distillery, that'd be a whole new step. But um, there are a lot of companies out there. And I mentioned one earlier um, you know, with Greenbrier. You know, Greenbrier is a distiller, but they also use MGP, who is a mass producer for their secondary product. Um, that's a little bit different because MGP actually barrels and ages it and then puts it in bottles for them. We would want the raw product made to our specifications. To us, we would barrel, we would handle the barreling, the aging, the seasoning and bottling process of it. So there would still be a lot of science, a lot of, you know, maturation going on with in mm. our walls to get it to the product we want yeah so so what you're saying it takes time yes it's oh, a process. It takes tons of time. Takes time. tons of time and and, and uh, i think you know the biggest thing is is like it's that is a rewarding process like if you can get oh, to the other side of this process you've i mean that's rewarding man like just from yeah. everything we've done to have something in a bottle to sip on is amazing. Yeah. Oh, and that's Absolutely. like, I don't know how well you can tell a collar difference here, um, but you've got one product here that is, you know, four years, and you've got one that's significantly less than four years, but the collar is noticeable. But mm-hmm. for this being a test pilot, a uh, proof of concept, um, mm-hmm. we have drawn a lot of tannins, a lot of you know, character out of a barrel with what we're doing here. Awesome. And I think it's, it's something a little bit different, a little bit unique. And as we go from proof of concept, to final product, um, you know, what we're going to get, I think is going to really, you know, blow the lid off of some of the things people have been doing. <laughs> and and one I love thing the I want to talk about Austin is the brand. I love, I love the name freedom sticks whiskey. Tell me about how that came about. Who came up with that and and why did you guys decide to to choose that name? Yeah. So um, it's a polarizing, you know, name and logo. Um, There's no, there's no easy way to put that. It's period. Um, There are a lot of, you know, some of our partners were concerned that, Hey, there's a gun on his logo. It's going to, you know, push (laughs) away. You know, it's going to push away 50% of the customers. My mindset is I, I might, push some customers away, but I'd rather have 50% diehard customers than I'd, you know, I would take, you know, 75% lackluster, like lackluster customers, and, and that, you know, that kind of ties if, into this podcast. Like we were saying, th- there are going to be some people that don't like what we talk about, but there are plenty of people that are like, yeah, we like these guys are real. We like these guys are talking about real subjects. So it, it's kind of hand in hand there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, and freedom, I, freedoms. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Jake. I, I think it's a very smart move as a marketing aspect. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Black Rifle, Black Rifle Coffee. Absolutely, <laughs> dude, they're killing it, man. 
and, and yeah. we're American, Jake. So yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So to me, when I when I when I hear Freedom Sticks whiskey, I see your logo. That immediately comes to mind is Black Rifle Coffee. I think that you guys could be the Black Rifle Coffee of bourbon. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, and that's, so do, um, do you guys have any ties to like military? Was that any? Part of you know, just out of curiosity. Yeah, thank, thank you know, thank you, Anthony. That's where I was going with you know, hanging out the poster and holding it up. Obviously, you know, Dylan here, you know, God bless his savage little heart. He is a you know, once a marine, always a marine. You know, thank you again for his service. Cheers, but brother. you know, he is one of three veterans that we have tied up in this group that are of a military background. Um, you know, obviously a Marine, I, I bet he'll tell you all night long that they're the most important branch in the military, but listening to the other two guys, we, we have the most whiskey. <laughs> As you're we got, yeah, uh, you're, <laughs> the you're not guy. supporting the, making a bad argument there, but either way, he badass <laughs> little badass man right there. But we've got two little other man. gentlemen in here that are not here. Um, you know, Tom, you know, Thomas Michael and um, Seth Coyle, they're both, uh, you know, combat veterans in the U.S. Army, um, again, making up uh, three of our six partnership, you know, individuals that, you know, that that is a core of our background. And that's what the Freedom Sticks is kind of about um, yeah. where I'm set up at. You know, I'm in a very isolated area. Um, an Australian. With the OK, we won't go into that conversation Dylan. we'll keep that for later conversations but I, i'm in i'm in a pretty isolated area right here and uh you know one of the favorite things for us to do when we get together and really what we did before this ever became a a, a thought a brand a product was you know we would come here we'd get together you know we'd hang out you know some you know we chop wood at my house because i've got a wood burning furnace still i'm in the backwoods i need wood awesome. to feed my fire and keep me warm in the winters but we'd chop wood, we'd play, you know, we'd play airsoft in my woods. We'd go out back. I've got a, you know, a range out back. You know, we'd take anything that I've got behind me or anything that somebody brought over. Um, I've got a little, you know, hey, we're post WW2 now. So we're friends with the Japanese. I've got a little high jet, you know, <laughs> pickup truck, little 660cc out there. We'll take that out to the range. We'll load it up with all our guns, throw everybody's bodies in there. Um, everybody signs a waiver before they hop in because I'm not responsible if we throw one out. Oh, but yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll, so how am we'll I responsible out. for wrecking a four-wheeler? Well, that's, again, that's a different conversation. <laughs> I'll say that. There's a lot of shit that too. So it's not just me. So <laughs> we'll, we'll things, hit that later. We'll things hit that later. happen yeah. when this guy's around. So just, just have the waiver ready yeah, absolutely. at the door. At the front door, yeah. you're gonna I have a waiver. waiver right outside that American flag right there for <laughs> Dylan every time he comes in here. You probably should. Absolutely. I had, I had a friend show up, and not within 20 minutes of them being here, like his fiance wrecked a fuller into a tree after we offered oh. her a helmet like six times. They were like, oh. you want a helmet? No. You want a helmet? No. It's uh, like, all right, well. <laughs> and then Dylan comes in, Duke's a hazard. You know, no, didn't you didn't. You just, you just broke the world record for most four wheeler flips. That's I decided. <laughs> Hold on. First off, his fr- we're hitting this real quick so everyone knows. His front yard was straight ice. Yeah, I'm hauling ass, pulling them behind me on a fucking rope. I hit the mm-hmm. ice. 
just as his wife happens to be pulling in the driveway. Yep. I flipped it about ten times, but I jumped off safely and nobody got hurt. So I got banned from the four-wheeler. When the girl broke her face, no one banned her. Oh, no, she ain't been back yet. <laughs> she hasn't been back, but no one else got a ban from me. Yeah. But that should be a, a rule, you know, a sober rule. You got to be sober to drive the four-wheeler. I disagree. Well, no. <laughs> oh, no. I don't necessarily disagree because we before we go into, you know, the latter part of the day, and that's the way I outlined it, you know, we chop wood, we shoot airsoft, we go and we shoot some freedom sticks, and then at the end of the night, we crack open a bottle of whiskey because the one thing we're not going to do is be down at the range loading up, you know, all day right. on 90 proof, yeah. 120 octane. Well, I hope that, but, you yeah. know, the people that, you know, the government people, I, I guess I'm not starting a whiskey company, so it doesn't matter. I, I've done it. I've done that. I'm not proud of yeah. it. Hey, he didn't say but we I'm don't not. take a 12 pack with us. <laughs> hey, yeah, so, exactly. That's different. So, do you guys shoot Tannerite on your property? What do you no, absolutely. That's absolutely, what kind of absolutely not. That? That's, I live in a suburb illegal. of Springfield and I set that shit off. Hey, Wait, that's illegal? Uh, that's illegal up there? Yeah. How much do you yes. love America? Dude, come yeah. down to Alabama, man. It, Tannerite is on the shelves at the sporting goods That's store. how I fish for bass. Son. It's only 1015, Austin. Yeah. You have Tannerite and a gun. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> you can buy t- you can buy Tannerite in Ohio. You just can't shoot it in Ohio. So, so you, we look, never you have to buy so, the, the, the two parts in Ohio. Can you actually buy the, the Tannerite? No, you got you, you got to buy a two part and mix the pack. Yeah, and really, it's a weird <laughs> it's a weird thing though because I know exactly if you buy the two part you <laughs> but if you buy the two part and you mix the pack, if you let it sit more than twenty four hours. I it know. becomes a felony. I know. That's why I do it in the first 12. <laughs> first 12 <laughs> time. Hey, first I'm never on time for anything except for that. Except for the right. right. <laughs> like, I don't know why you're here, officer. I did that in six hours. So good night. So let's, let's talk about what we're, I feel like Jake, this is, you know, I kind of wanted you to help me out here tonight. Cause I know I wanted to be educational and I wanted to, really bring what the listeners are looking for. And this is another topic that I think we could, we could touch on for a few minutes. Let's talk about guns. Let's talk about um, where we're at as a nation. Jake, we've talked about it. Dylan, we've talked about it. Austin, I'm sure you've had this conversation, you know, with dildo and let's talk about, let's, (laughs) let's talk about as far as a nation, we can go, any aspect, Austin, I'm going to let you pick it. We can talk about, you know, from school shootings, Joe Biden, Democrats, Republican. I just want to talk about guns. And what is what is the most important thing about guns right now, Austin, that you see? It can be political. It can be whatever you want to talk about. Let's just talk about guns. And what, and so what can, avenue do you want to go? Can I hit the time warp real, real quick and just talk about one last thing with alcohol? Yeah. <laughs> And go. Bam. So all those conversations, there was a three-letter word that everybody said a couple of times that is my favorite three-letter word, and it's called tax. Tax, tax, tax. I was going to say something else. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> FJB, that's, that's not a word. That's an adjective, but 
I, go I, back I disagree. You have FJB on a lot of shirts. <laughs> so do I. And I also have it on flag on my truck. My wife made me take it down because she said I look like an idiot. Put it back up. Uh, I put it back up at the stoplight down the street. You put, you put it on the back of her bumper after she went to bed. <laughs> like, What's that mean? I'm like, baby, don't even worry about it. So, yeah, yeah let's look, go but, ahead. Sorry, go ahead. So, but tax. So, you know, J- Jake talked about it. You know, they did the, you know, Prohibition Volstead Act, which immediately eliminated alcohol tax. Yeah. You can't just eliminate a tax and expect things to be all right. So what did they make when they eliminated the alcohol tax? Mm. They made a problem. Well, they did make a problem, but they made the income tax. Oh, some bitch. bitch Some bitch. (laughs) <laughs> but and this is what, America. But how do you tax income when what's going on during the twenties and thirties, Jake? World War One. Well, we have World War. Yeah, one. Well, the great, the Great Depression. The Great, great Depression. Yeah. So oh, yeah. No one World has money. Now we're going to take that. more Sorry. money from you. My bad. So nobody, yeah. Nobody has a job. So you've now got rid of alcohol tax. You create an income tax, but nobody has an income. You can't tax income. So, <laughs> yeah. how do we get tax dollars? I don't know. Joe Biden's done a pretty good job about get, handing out money and giving people income without a job. That's a fact. Tony, though. you like fishing. Yeah, Tony, you like fishing. You like ripping lips, but yes, no, do. you yank back and you you throw the fish tax license. dollars back into the whiskey. Yep. You know but, like but you throw a tax on. You throw the tax dollars back in the whiskey. You said it earlier. You say you like fishing. You said yeah, fishing, you hunting. You literally yeah. said it. I like hunting. I'm a fucking hillbilly. You should see me in the middle of the as big as I am. Every time I see a deer, they see me. It's fucking weird. You should see him in the bait <laughs> shop working. He has a fucking pistol on his head and gym shorts. So, so, hold on. Let's time out. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. So, all right. Can we move on? Are we good? Are we good? Are you? you want, uh, we can, well, we can no, that's Go what ahead. I'm talking about, though. Yeah, continue. So, all right. Yeah, so, we, rip, bait we, shop, don't we rip the lips. Yeah, we, we ripped the lips. We go back to alcohol tax. So we went back to alcohol tax. Shouldn't the income tax income tax stop? Fuck no. Once it's here, it stays. But that's F- that's F- my what you're saying. I get what you're saying. That's my biggest problem with prohibition. Yeah. People people drink more more during prohibition. You know, you got more tax dollars afterwards. Well, and I think you can actually back drinking. what you're saying because during the prohibition. What went up? School like sclerosis of the liver. I mean, there was all kinds of things that were alcohol related, which I will probably yeah. die of. But it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but I think that's that's a good fucking point. That's a good thing to bring up, man. But that's so true. You re- you repealed prohibition, but you didn't repeal the income tax. That yeah. magically, just like here you go for the fifth wall tie-in, magically income tax stayed when they repealed. Prohibition, just like today's SBRs, are quietly getting outlawed. <laughs> it's crazy. How do you like? How do you like that rolling? I like you. I, I got. I got me an AR pistol. I'm good. It's it's in my Wait. name though. So I, I had you. one, but I dropped that some bitch in the Miami River. You wouldn't believe it. You yes, find that sir. I had AR 15 shot. I, I, I had magazines that were more than ten rounds for my pistols. I wasn't on luck with that. Day, and I, I started going down the river. Some guy cuts me off. I flip it. I lost everything. 
Every fucking thing I had, dude. That's so irresponsible, you man. I know, dude. And that's why they're making the laws because of guys like me. So, but Anthony, you know what you should do? You should put an insurance claim on that. Oh, at this point, I just. (laughs) But you should get. You should get it. Two thousand dollar insurance check right now would be pretty good to buy. That's a good idea. SBRs, or I mean, not SBRs. This is uh, true. Real articles. So, do you want to hear about the bait shop? I know this is American whiskey, but I I gotta tell you about it. I do. I'm a big boy, okay? I wear pants all day at work, and they get a little uncomfortable. So I, I have, I actually have a lot of jobs. I sub-bus drive. I sub-janitor. I work full-time. Um, I actually just, after six years, got a new job. Um, same owner. And I also work at a bait, local bait shop. And for some reason, dipshit over here, Dildo, thinks it's hilarious because I wear basketball shorts, and I also carry a... Uh, Smith and Wesson MMP Easy Shield nine millimeter, and I put how it do you, right how, down. How do you carry it? Do I do it? Do I not? <laughs> Dude, it it's there. I, I carry that some bitch but, right 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 on the right on my hip. Is it a holster? Do you have a holster? Yeah, I got yeah. a. Pump, do you have uh, like, do you, do you have a jock strap? Jockstrap? <laughs> no holster. <laughs> I don't wear underwear at work, so figure out where where this thing. I'm just trying to I mean, figure out where this thing's hanging, how low. No, I just put it right in my clip. I tighten, the, I tighten my uh, jaw string, and I put it right there. Trust me, I get comments all the time. I'm like, you know, but it's it's funny, whatever. It's just one of those things you don't see. <laughs> I you wear don't. my I wear my cowboy boots, my, my basketball shorts. It's like you walk in, you're, you're walking, you're like, this guy's a little thug, and then all of a sudden you see a pistol, like, fuck. <laughs> You see my flat build Reds hat, then you see like maybe a camo Carhartt, then you see my basketball and one shorts, and then I'll know where she cowboys. You look up and you're like, "Oh shit!" That <laughs> hey, dude, you you belong in Alabama, Anthony. You don't belong in there. It. So here's a funny situation about carrying a gun. I first off, I carry that bitch everywhere um, because you never know. And I have customers that come into the bait shop at times, not all the time. That, you know, one, they're like, man, I'd love to see somebody carry a gun. Not only on basketball shorts, but in general. And I also have had people turn their backs on me because I, I have my uh, weapon. I have a weapon. I have a weapon. Bitch, I got a fucking scanner that'll hit you on the head and call that a weapon. And, you know, <laughs> so. Throw this bitch at you. Get, him, get within five feet. Yeah, so let, well, I, I've had people turn around. I don't feel comfortable. Good. I feel better without you here. So go ahead and leave, you know. So. I got uh, a 50 50 shot of him hitting with either one. So, hey, yeah, how about I that? Mean, <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't got the best shot. So, um, <laughs> I mean, I think that's a pretty good day for me. So. You might want to start carrying a shotgun on there, bud. Uh, how do you know I don't, son? What do you think? Son? I carry two button. guns, one on the right hip, one on the left hip. So it's pretty wild looking. Um, so Austin, let's talk about guns. What do you, what avenue do you want to go tonight on our very last topic? Let's talk about it. You want to talk about guns in the United States? Like let's let's just talk about whatever you want to talk about, but it has to be about guns. If it's not, I'm hitting end. Hey, hold on, hold on. Before before he starts, Dildo, shut up. At the end, I want to bring up one thing. Okay. So this isn't the last. Okay, second to last. So Austin, it's never you're, the last. You're up. You are in charge of the next topic here, but it I has to be about guns. Last. Thanks for tuning in to American Whiskey. And as always, guys, we appreciate it. This is a two-part series. This was part one. Coming up soon will be part two. 
It was such a long episode because we are having so much fun in Off The Wall Studios. So get ready and start sipping.